Cross Point. It is great to uh, to be back from uh, summer break, and uh, like I said on Sunday, I uh, I missed you and excited for all of what God has in store for us this fall. You know, we're in the series called um, Here Be Dragons, and and we're talking about how to navigate life's uncertainties. I had an interesting conversation back um, a few months before the summer. There was a a man that came up on a, on a Sunday, and he said, uh, he said, why don't you ever tell the story? Why don't you ever tell the story of how God called your family here? And, uh, and so I've been thinking about that and thinking, man, when we go back and remember uh, God's faithfulness in the past, um, it increases our faith in the present. And, uh, and so I've, I've been going back and thinking back through that story. And, uh, and today I want to I wanna give a, a testimony. I want to give a story of God's faithfulness, of how God called our family. And if you and I were able to sit down over a cup of coffee or over a meal, and I was able to just go back and, and tell this story, um, I, would, I would share this with you to hopefully be able to encourage your faith in, in whatever transition that you might be in. And when you look at the life of our church, God loves this church. God loves Crosspoint. God loves you. And he's invited all of us to be a part of his kingdom and be a part of reaching Middle Tennessee with the, with the hope and healing that only Jesus can give with the gospel. And, uh, and so I want you to, as you hear this story, it's not just my story, it's, um, it's our story, and it's part of the story of, of, of Crosspoint and, um, and how God continues to move in the life of this church and how he answered prayers of this church and how he answered our prayers as well. So, um, so this conversation, rather than just tell it to you right now, I want to go back and share it with you when it was uh, super fresh, when the, uh, when, the, when the Krispy Kreme hot light was on. And uh, it goes back to a conversation that I had with one of my friend and, and yours, uh, Annie F. Downs, on her podcast. She's got a podcast. That sounds fun. Amazing podcast. But, um, but we unpacked everything um, up to that point that God had been doing in, in my life and the life of our family and I and with our kids and life at Crosspoint. And, um, and it was a time of uncertainty in our family and uh, what God was calling us to and really in, in life for church. So, uh, so Annie has, has graciously allowed us to take just an excerpt from that conversation and to share it with you. And so I want to encourage you to, to listen to that um, now. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk through some of the reflections that I'm having about that time now and, uh, and what I'm excited for. Uh, for the future of Crosspoint. The story is unbelievable. Yes, it is. Right? It really is. I mean, had you, back up to a year ago, last okay. summer. Yeah. Let's back up even farther. We went to Georgia together. Right. Go dog sick em. Mm. One of my former roommates, I won't say her name because then everybody will know, every one of her passwords, go dog sick em. I mean, I can break into anything. <laughs> everything is go dog sick What happened after you graduated college? Yeah, so graduated college and then went to work for my dad in the family business. And, uh, and what is I, that? He uh, he sells construction supplies. He's oh, an inventor cool. and invents construction. So I started. He's an inventor. He is. He yeah, invents he has, construction he has, supplies. He has Thirteen patents. Yeah. You are lying. So, How yeah. have I never known this? I don't know. I actually have a patent. When I was uh, when I was uh, twelve years old, I had an idea for a disposable kitty litter box. <laughs> and so uh, seriously, like you just threw the whole thing away. Yeah. And so we uh, we got a patent. He 
walked me through the patent process, wrote the patent, and uh, so that's that's my dad. He Are is, you a millionaire? Uh, no, no. Somebody stole the patent. <laughs> like we were, it wasn't written that good, and so I have nothing. I've got a patent, and I've got some prototypes. Do so. each of the siblings in your family have a patent? Is that like a thing? No, Does no. Christy have one too? And I don't she, know. No, no. We uh, so he. I think after that process, he was like, I'm gonna stick, and he just writes patents for construction. So okay. he's, uh, yeah. So okay. he did that. So I started working for him. I knew like three, four months in that that wasn't my my calling. That that were you wasn't married yet? Uh, Rhea and I were engaged okay. at that time, and uh, and I started working, and it was just, it was one of the hardest conversations I ever had to have, where mm. I was sitting across the desk from my dad, and I said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he got up, and he walked around the desk, and came and put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, I bless you. Uh-uh. And, uh, and so after that, I started going to seminary and working for him full-time, and uh, and so did that. And, uh, and Where'd no, you go to seminary? Uh, in New Orleans, and so they oh, had an extension yeah. in Decatur, so, sure. I, so I knocked that out there. And uh, but no churches would hire me unless I had a seminary degree, mm. and uh, and so the I the good old days. That was, that was the, those were the days, <laughs> those right? And were so, the days. so I don't know if I felt called to that degree. It was just as much how how do I get into yeah. vocational ministry, yeah. and uh, and then ended up um, ended up working there, finishing there, and uh, and got got hired at my home church, which uh, which was Hebron. It was in. In Decula, Georgia, Hebrew. That's it. So I, I worked it. there for worked there for a year and a half, and I knew God was calling me to a next. I just didn't know mm-hmm. what it was. I thought mm-hmm. Rhea and I were going to go plant a church in Seattle. Did and, you? Uh, yeah. So so that Why? was what we were. Why did you um, think Seattle? I, I I just I was drawn to to that city to just yeah. kind of the the progressive, and also it was. I knew that transitioning from a home church was hard, and it mm-hmm. kind of seemed like, well, if I go to Seattle, like that'll go. They can't yeah, get they mad. Can't, right? yeah. I mean, it's kind of a noble, like, yeah, yeah. And, and and really started praying through. And I met the senior pastor at Twelve Stone, where I was before. Met mm-hmm. him at a Starbucks, and I come to find out, just casually, or we were just talking. I knew, up yeah, a I knew who he was. He didn't yeah. know who I was, just casually. And uh, and he said, if you, um, he said, uh, I told him I'm, I'm a church planner, and he said, well, we're looking for a high school pastor. I said, well, I'm not interested. I'm a church planner. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. He said, well, if you are interested, you should talk to Dan Ryland and the day before that I would listen to a John Maxwell tape where he mm. talked about Dan Ryland, who mm-hmm. was the executive pastor. And I'm like, that's crazy. And so I was like, well, maybe I need to talk to Dan Ryland. We met at that Starbucks. Crazy deal. Found out. Um, he asked, he said, he looked at a picture of my wife and I, and he said, you've lost some weight. And I said, yeah. Well, I didn't tell you is that I was uh, I was 30 days into a 40-day fast. Oh. And so I, he said later, he said, you look like Gandhi with a smile. <laughs> so he said, can I say that? I don't know. I just did. Yeah. But, but he's like... Um, it's like, man, I lost, you know, I lost 30 pounds. And he said, he's, so he's looking at the picture. He goes, he goes, what's the deal? And he said, are you, uh, are you fasting? Mm-hmm. And I'm, now I'm like, what do I say? I'm right. like, you know, this is, you know, do I lie or do yeah, I tell yeah, him the truth? Yeah. So, I, so I told him the truth. And he said, I said, I'm fasting. He said, what are you fasting for? Saying that God would prepare me to be a, uh, to prepare me to be a daddy. And that he would prepare me to be a husband and a daddy. Cause I've never done both those things at the mm-hmm. same time. And that he would change me or change where I'm at. Yeah. And so this was, was 14 pregnant? years ago. Yeah. She was pregnant okay. with Raleigh. So, so Raleigh was our firstborn. And so at that time, I just, um, uh, he said, well, what are the dates of your fast? I said, September 1 to October 10th. And, uh, and he said, his jaw dropped a little bit. He said, Kevin, the elders and the pastors of our church are fasting and praying September 1 to October no. 10th. Yeah. And so they were fasting and praying for a high school pastor the same 40 days that I was fasting about those things. So it was at and that moment. Like, Did I just, you hear me say church right. planter? Because <laughs> I meant high school pastor. <laughs> so it was like God just said, okay. And leaving my home church and going eight miles down the road. Yeah. In some ways, it would have been easier to go to Seattle for sure. than go eight miles down the road. Yeah. And so got to be a part of an incredible church, 12 Stone, and, uh, and have great and great leadership. And so was there for 14 years. And I thought, you know, Gwinnett County grew up. 40 years there, I thought we're going to spend another 40 years mm. here. I mm-hmm. mean, I, so I just, I, I was immersed in the, you know, and 
in that community so much. It just deep, deep roots, and uh, and so that's that's what led me up to yeah. up to this point. So a year ago, I'm thinking, hey, this is you know this is this is it. This yeah. is where we're at. And then I started to sense transition. That that's how you got to this point, transition. But yeah. I do. I want you to talk about one thing real quick in this yeah. because I think it's so important. Uh, People freak out. I freak out. I won't talk yeah. about my, our friends who are listening. I freak out when I think God has told me to go somewhere okay. and the road turns. Yep. When you think Seattle <laughs> yeah. and it's eight miles down the road. When right. you think you're in at 12 Stone or in that area yeah. for the rest of your life and a right. new path comes. Can you just talk for a minute about... New path being cross point, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and can you just talk for a yeah. minute about how can both those things be true? Because I do think, I think... Yeah. God can say, Seattle. Right. And you go, okay, Seattle, here we go, here we go. And then he always meant for you to turn before that, but that right. was part of the path. Right. So when I think about that that call to Seattle, I don't know that it was as much a call to a specific place mm-hmm. as it was a surrender to God. I'll go wherever. Right. Because I think, I think sometimes we— at least I know. I, I want to know. I want to know long term. I want to know mm-hmm. what the picture looks mm-hmm. like. But it was just more surrender to God. And I think it was a surrender to Seattle in that moment that opened up the opportunity right. eight miles down the road. That's right. It. That's the thing. And so, so here we are. I've you know I've been at Twelve Stone for a long time. I had a I had a commitment there that I would be there for a certain amount of time because we built a building and I didn't mm-hmm. you know so. I made a commitment this summer was on the end of that commitment. And I didn't know oh what was going to happen at the end of that commitment. Yeah. I didn't know if the church had plans for me. I didn't know what God, I didn't know what God's plans. Were. So really, I'm at a place that when I say transition, it was like, God, what do you what do you want me to do? Yeah. And so I, I was still thinking that, man, be somewhere that I was familiar with. Yeah, I think that happens a lot, too, when people have breakups or lose jobs or change cities where they think, I, th- I thought I was going to live in Marietta until I died. And you have to live like that is true until God changes your path. That's right. In order for us to, to make a difference where we're at, mm-hmm. we have to be committed where we're at. If we're constantly looking to the future, we're constantly looking to the next, we miss the now and the yeah. moment. And so I look at it was that commitment and that was that faithfulness. And mm-hmm. I think God, God blesses faithfulness. Yeah. And so so when I go campus pastor for for ten years, you know, yeah. that was the calling then. But when I started to get to the end of that, I'm going, okay, God, I knew there was a next. Yeah, okay. We were we were sitting in a— uh, Had in you a, ever thought about moving to Nashville? Never thought about moving to Nashville. Yeah, I mean, either. So, so really, I mean, I've been there for vacation, sure. great place for vacation. I just never imagined vocation, right? Sure. I never imagined that, okay, I'm going to live there and have a job. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, the um, Lord's like, I got to switch a vowel. Hang on. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so so it, was, it, it was one of those things that when I started to sense, like, okay, God, you're, you're calling us to something new. Um, what did that feel like on okay. your— Yes. So I I was at a staff meeting and uh, and the pastor was talking about taking care of our souls and soul soul care. And he was talking about some of the transitions that had happened in church leadership. And he mentioned a transition that happened at Crosspoint. And so he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we got to take care of our souls if we want to go the distance. It was at that point that a guy leaned over and he tapped me on the knee and he said, man, hey, they need a pastor. And so when he said that, he was saying it just as a joke, right? Yeah. But but at that moment, I was like, huh? And I just kind of filed it, filed it away. Yeah. Well, that week it was Catalyst. Yeah. And so it was October 6th. Tyler Reagan. And Tyler Reagan, right? Yeah. And uh, and so I was sitting by myself at Catalyst, and the team was up. I was sitting by myself, and I'm, <laughs> Andy Stanley had finished the first talk, and they went into worship. And after that talk, I just felt I had moved from wondering about the future to worrying about the future. Mm-hmm. So I found that it was like eating up all of my mental real estate, like, yeah. okay, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And I mean, what's the next for me? And that was a moment of surrender um, 
surrender and say, God, I'm not going to let this dominate my life and my disposition sure. and the way I'm going to, I'm going to surrender to you. And it was, and, and in that moment it was like, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do whatever. And it was a messy surrender, right? I mean, I'm just, yeah. I'm wiping my face, you know, Aww. there's a, I'm on my knees. And it was like one of those things where I think what God want to know is, will you, will you just give, will you trust me? Yeah. Like, will yeah, you yeah. just give it to me? And it's, I think getting on your knees is more powerful than people realize. I do. I, because I think it makes a statement, you know, a lot of times our to postures you, to me, to right? right. Yeah, well, to the, me the girl next to me is going, what's wrong with this guy, right? <laughs> like this 12-stone guy. <laughs> Is a mess. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, to me, when I feel like the next right thing for me to do is get on my knees at my house, at church, whatever, it is forty-eight percent about God and fifty-two percent about me. That's right. About me going like yeah. Annie, look at what you're supposed to be. You know, like this is to remind yourself that you're surrendering. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So it was a, it was a surrender to I don't know what. Yeah. And then uh, throughout the fall, start, but you're not even thinking about Crosspoint as not, far as like poor poor Crosspoint. No, right. And and so I start praying for Crosspoint. Like at that point, I start praying for Crosspoint because they didn't have Crosspoint didn't have a pastor, and I you know so I should in, line up all the single guys and start praying <laughs> for their wives, <laughs> and they'll go and Laurel, you're the answer to your own prayer, Annie. <laughs> yes, so I am I am praying, um, and I think it was because Rain and Zach are in Nashville, mm-hmm. and I knew that if they, I knew you know they were looking for a church, or I knew that if they were going to find a church. I'll put it that way. It'd be a church a lot like Crosspoint. Yeah. And so I wanted Crosspoint to have a pastor for that. But I'm just praying. And I, and I know just being a pastor for, you know, 16 years, I know what happens when a church doesn't have a pastor. Yeah. And so starting to pray, like, God, for the people of Crosspoint, mm-hmm. would you pray? And it wasn't like every day, every week. It right. was like once a month. Right. You know, when it I'm, came to your mind. It comes to my mind. Did you I'm ever praying. think that I was here? Did that ever cross your mind? Well, yes, because, you know, because I'd see things on social media and oh, I would sure, I'd follow sure, sure. along. And so there was a... That, that was really a like, relational oh yeah, connection there. to, like, but other yeah. than that, I didn't really know, right. you know, people at Crosspoint, and uh, I knew Annie. That's right. So, um, That's all you got, brother. So uh, then we get around the beginning of the year, and this is where it gets a little weird. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, it's where it gets great. Okay, this <laughs> I kind of have my morning rhythm, and I go down to the basement, and I have a study, and I have a big, you know, uh, dry erase wall down in the basement, and I just write out things that I'm praying, and I started to sense, and I write it in Evernote, and I started to sense God was calling me to Crosspoint. Yeah. Now this this messed with me because I knew all that, that would require, yeah. right? And so I yeah. wrestled with it. And I actually, in my uh, it was February, I started to write. I started just journal things down. I didn't even tell Re. In January, I'm I'm writing things down, and I wrote um, I wrote God, um, that's a big door, and I, I wrote I'm not going to knock on that door. Mm. God, you'll have to send them here to get me, mm. but. Um, and so that was just kind of, that was an honest prayer. I Meanwhile, th- can I tell you what yeah. we're praying here? Because I think that'll be really interesting to people. What we are, because I um, originally was on a team to help hire a new pastor. And what we were praying is for David in the field. Do you know that? That is what we were praying. We were asking God to show us David in the field because we didn't want, because there's a story in the Bible of when Samuel is going to pick the next king of Israel that God wants to make the king. He goes to Jesse and Jesse lines up all the brothers and none of them fit. And we kept meeting really good men who were lining up and we kept going, we need David in the field. We need David in the field. So while you're praying for us to find you, we're praying for us to find you too. So crazy. Isn't that crazy? It is. You know, and, and it just began to grow. You know, that that thing inside, like, ah, oh, that compelling sense that I'll go. And I was doing the, um, the He Reads Truth mm-hmm. uh, Lent study. Yeah. Right? Leading into uh, leading into Easter. And the we were going through Isaiah. And yeah, it got I was to, to say, Isaiah, our people know a lot Isaiah about 6, it. Right? Isaiah 6, right? And so Isaiah yeah. 6 was, here I am, send me. Mm. And 
And and so I wrote in my journal that day, I wrote, um, God, here I am, send me. I said, um, I said, I don't know if I could do that cross point job. But God, you know if I could do that job. Mm. And I don't know if I have, I have what it takes, but God, you know if I have what it takes. And so if you believe I have what it takes, then have them come get me. Yeah. Here I am, send me. And so that was in my journal, right? But the crazy, I Aren't spelled, you glad you wrote all this down? Because people would never believe I, never, you. Never. But, but I spelled Crosspoint wrong. I spelled <gasps> it with an E. So I had, I had no idea, right? I, I knew Annie with an E. Right? I knew it was there, but Man, I didn't know. close <laughs> so, one. So. You almost got sent to the wrong place. <laughs> So, um, so at that point, well, then that's so funny that you spelled crazy? it wrong. I did spell Brilliant. it wrong, but that's 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 as much as I knew. Yeah, you know, I mean, of, that's just a, such a great part of the story. If you're like, I don't even know how to spell the place, I just feel called to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never Gosh. experienced a service there. Yeah, um, actually, the service where you introduced me—that was the first time I'd ever been to Crosspoint on a Sunday, right? Really? Yeah, so, oh so I'm so. I'm in this I'm in this journey of of just. Carrying this burden, well, around the middle of March, I tell I tell my wife Ray, and I say, Ray, I'm, you know, I feel like God's calling, calling me, calling us. I feel like He's calling us to go to Crosspoint. And so we just kind of had conversation about that, but mm-hmm. really, her heart was in a place of surrender, and God had been working transition in us for for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not not that we knew what the next was, but to get us to the place of surrender, because if it was a year before that. Two years before that, we were locked in. Yeah, I mean, we had our it, future yeah. already, you know, mapped out. And, and again, so, I want people to hear that that is the right way to live. You don't need to live like in any minute God could rip you out of what you're in. You need to be all in where He has you. Relationship, job, church, ministry, city. Be all in and be faithful, and then let Him turn the page. And when He, and then at that moment, He, in His. In his tenderness, right? Mm. I mean, like a um, like a master gardener yeah. with their hands down. And then Reed just gave me this picture. She said, Kevin, God has just lifted uh, us up out of the soil, right? Carefully. He Reason hasn't ripped yeah, us up, right? But yeah. he but he works over time and he gets us to a place of... Yeah. So of y'all were there. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're in that place. Well, March, uh, March 19th, um, I had a clip from a teaching that I taught. Uh, sometime earlier, and uh, and it was uh, taught about experience at Chipotle, and the clip started to do like get some traction on Facebook. Oh yeah, I had a guy. I was on the phone with a pastor in Texas last night. And he said, "Wait, your pastor's a Chipotle guy?" <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> I, you know, it's crazy. It's one of those moments where you just uh, f- you know taught it and not having any idea. Our social media guy at the church, yeah, Twelve Stone, took it, posted it up, and it just started to get traction. And um, and I prayed on March nineteenth. I said, "God, I said, if you want to take that video." And you want to use that to get somebody's attention out there, then then do that. Or they would ask me to come and speak. Because you hadn't reached out. I hadn't reached you out. You hadn't I, told anybody there, except re and like your tightest nobody. people. And there was a conviction that that I wasn't to, mm. right? Because mm. that's that's how I would know, right? right? Because listen, I've been a pastor for um for 16 years. I've never been approached about a senior pastor job. Yeah. Right? I've been approached about one or two other jobs, right. but over the past even 10 years, I haven't even been so there's ne- this is completely up, right? right. I am out at the pasture, right? Yeah. So, right. You're um, maybe the in sheep. the wilderness, right? Yeah. You know, and, and and so um, I prayed that on March nineteenth. On March twentieth, I uh, I was down the stage on Monday morning, mm. and I kind of the the Monday ministry hangover. That's you know, listen, I, I felt so, it. Right, you got it. I felt it last week. I was like, you guys. So I'm down in the study. You know, it's maybe nine o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, and I get a text from uh, from a friend named Zach, and he said, Hey, he said, I've got some friends that are at Crosspoint, and they want to talk with you about the about the senior pastor job. Are you interested? And I, I mean. 
Oh, and I just played it super cool. Yeah. I said, man, I love where I'm at, love what I'm doing. But, I mean, at that moment, I'm... I'm I, I mean, I said, how you didn't launch your no, phone across right. the room? Well, I ran upstairs. It. I ran upstairs and I showed it to Ree. And I was like, she's like, you're ready for the day. I'm like, Ree, I'm like a little kid on Christmas morning, right. except I'm running up the stairs. You know, right. I'm like, Ree, you got to see this. And it just, it was one of those moments where like, okay, God's moving. Mm. Well, so I uh, so I played off super cool. I said, but if they want to have a conversation, I'm willing to see yeah, what God's yeah, yeah. into. Because it was early on that God pressed in, Kevin, you're not supposed to tell them. Don't yeah. tell them about the journals. Yeah. Don't tell them about any of the backstory. Yeah. Um, they have to choose you. Yeah. Right. Because I didn't want to manipulate the process. Gosh, right. You know, because I'm like, if I tell them all the, if I play the God card, mm-hmm. right, then it's like, but if I go, okay, we're just going to trust that if God's in this, they'll choose me too. Well, I had a conversation with one guy on staff. He called me the next day. We started talking and it was clear. It went from an interview to like an encounter. You know, those moments in a phone conversation where you're like, okay, God's, Guys, where I had a chance to pray for him, and he was just like, "Man, yeah." Where all of a sudden this friendship or this conversation goes to like, "Oh, this is about God," <laughs> and like he's shown up and has something for us here. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He does. You could just sense yeah. God's presence in the call, and then and not even about the job necessarily. No, no, it was about this this pastor, just this the, yeah. and his life, and him, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, uh, he, at any point, did you start going? This may fall apart. This may not work. No, no, you knew it. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I knew. And, and, and so when they called, when he said, hey, we would like to meet with you in Chattanooga um, with our search team, would you be interested? I said, yeah. Which they then kicked me off of, <laughs> <They're> really- <laughs> understandably. <laughs> so I'm meeting with the with the search team minus Annie. And, yeah. uh, and so, no, I'm just kidding. They kicked me off before that. But. <laughs> well, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm at a restaurant up in Chattanooga with them. Oh, that Wednesday before I went up, I had a conversation at 12 Stone about a future opportunity there. Mm. And so the day that I'm going up to meet with Chattanooga, I hear an opportunity in the and it was I called Ree after I found out about that opportunity. I said, Ree, do I need to even go and meet with the people in Chattanooga? Yeah. Because like this is a dream job. Right. Dream church. You know, dream location. family dream location, yeah. dream family situation. My brother's building a house next door to me. And so mm-hmm. I'm going, yes. I so, did not know that. Your brother's yeah. literally building the house next door. Yeah. To well, the house yes. you don't own. That I don't anymore. own anymore. <gasps> but crazy crazy things. So he actually wasn't able to build the house, but he, he didn't tell me that he wasn't able to build the house until I told him that I'd accepted the job at Crossport. Uh-uh. He said, I didn't want to tell you, what but a little the brother. soil testings didn't come back. And I was like, well, I didn't want to tell you, but I'm moving to Nashville. So that even, but it was like yeah. all these things God wanted to say, will you trust me? Yeah. Are you willing to choose what I have for you more than, than this dream that you already had? Will you trust me with a new dream? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I went, I ended up, Reese said, you need to go to Nashville, mm-hmm. right? You, I mean, you need to go to Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Because that's uh, Midway, just for people who live in Seattle. Right. But the Seattle yes. people who didn't get you as a pastor, <laughs> so Chattanooga is midway between Nashville and oh, where you are in Atlanta. And so she said, God's moving. You need to go. Mm-hmm. And so I went up there, had a conversation with them. It was it was just clear from the conversation. We need to keep taking next steps. Well, they said, let's put it on hold till after Easter. And uh, and so that was like maybe wait two weeks. Yeah. Well, after Easter, the that Sunday, um, at like eight o'clock, like right after Easter services, they call. Right. So eight I'm like, PM. Yeah. I'm like, they showed their hand. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> You're like, God showed me His hand a long time ago. That's right. Across what you showed there. So, <laughs> oh, so they great. said, can you come up here and meet? And uh, what were those two weeks like for you though? Because you say two weeks real yeah, casually, yeah. and that's like 15 days. Well, I, I mean, ran that's a, I ran a marathon, right? Well, sure so you yeah, did. Right I ran a middle. marathon, right? And uh, right after I met with them. And and then I had spring break. Okay. And so those were the those were the two weeks. So a were lot of time. Were you just asking process. God? Yeah, were you I mean, you're sitting down to pray and you're going, 
God, I know I'm not going to hear anything until Easter, but this is right. Or yeah. God, prepare me for what's happening. No. Like, what are you saying? I'm playing games with the kids. I'm like, would you rather move to Orlando or Nashville? <laughs> They're like, Nashville. <laughs> like, would you rather move to Seattle or Nashville? They're like, Nashville. I mean, like, they didn't see it then, but I'm yeah, playing yeah, yeah. seeds because because yeah, I just yeah. knew. And so Rhea and I began, that's when we began to dream toward, toward yeah, Nashville. Yeah. And, um, Even though you hadn't gotten the yes. I had already gotten it. You had. I know. Yeah. Here's the thing. Even if Crosspoint didn't choose me, I knew that I was being faithful to what God had called me to do. And this doesn't happen with every decision. It's like This didn't happen when we were trying to find a house. I mean, God provided, but mm. but it, it it's rare that things are this clear. But when they are— Yeah, they really are. They really are. Yeah. So, and I really believe that there's something super spiritual. I mean, when it is— when it is the fall, we buy sweaters and jackets for the winter, even though we don't see the winter. Right. We know it is coming. We just know. And we're so good at preparing for seasons in the physical, but we won't prepare for seasons in the spiritual because we mm. don't want to look dumb. Mm. And so I love hearing you go like, no, we just started talking about Nashville because the next season was Nashville. Yes. And we just lived like winter was coming or summer was coming or whatever because— we knew the next season. And when you get that word, right, and I believe that God speaks, and I believe that there are providential circumstances, mm-hmm. and I believe that he reinforces through his word, and I believe that, that there are other things that just continue to affirm and line up, and, you know, the Spirit of God stirs back, and you go, okay, this is—and then you get you know, words from other people, encouragement from other people yeah. that lines up, and you just—you begin to—all these things begin to build, right? And, and are you writing everything down as you go? Everything down, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, so Evernote— has been like my yeah. archive, you yeah, know, my history sure. with God. I'm so grateful that that uh, that re helped make me disciplined yeah. like <laughs> ten years ago, you know, <laughs> and uh, and really to to begin to journal these things. Yeah. Okay, so Easter night. Easter night. Somebody so they say, you. hey, can you come? Can you tell me who called you? Matt Warren. Matt Warren, so, yeah. what a hero! Our yeah. campus pastor currently <laughs> so, for the Nashville right. campus. So he calls and says, can you can you come up to Nashville? Well, at this point, I'm like, yeah, but we look at our next three weeks. We didn't have any time except that week, mm. a Tuesday and a Wednesday. Well. It just so happened that everything aligned so that their board and so that the elders just happened to be in town that so was able to to come up and meet that Tuesday and Wednesday, meet with everybody. Mm. And even in those conversations, you you just you sense connection, right? It felt like family, you know, and even and for uh, for Re in her conversations and for both of us with some of the other because they yeah, met with they, Re as well, which is great. They did. I, I think all churches do that, but I still highly respect it. That if anybody's coming on staff and they have a spouse, it should be everybody should be talked to. And I had a moment where they're asking Re questions, where she's answering their questions with just a a, a sense of uh, boldness and courage, and um, where I'm just like. That's my girl. I mean, it yeah. was like it was it was as if God's hand on this whole thing. I was able to see her in a new light, in a new mm. yeah. giftings and callings, right, coming yeah. together. And so that was special for both of us. Well, here's the cool thing happened. We were um she when we were driving up, she was like, you know what, I would love to to meet uh uh, if I got a chance in Nashville to re- meet uh, Rachel and Amanda from She Reads Truth, because that's been such a big part of her journey. Yeah. She's like, I'd love to just tell them thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, one of our meetings just happened to be at Pinewood Social, this cool place, like with a bowling alley and like with a right. you know, breakfast shop, just super cool place. We go in, and as we're walking together, we walk by a table, and she goes, there was Amanda and Rachel <laughs> sitting at the table. <laughs> and, and I was like, you better go over there. Yeah, right? seriously, the go. Lord put them in and here. She did. Yeah. And, and, you know, so here's what I'd say. It was just even the little things like that. That God did just to give glimmers and reflections of, okay, my hand is in this for both of us. But there is a moment where y'all had to say, hey, God, I'd love to see Amanda and Rachel. Right. Hey, you know, so I think sometimes I think that these little glimmers that I want are stupid. And then the Lord goes, or you could just ask me. 
And if I can do it, I can do it. Yeah. If there's not traffic, I can get them there. Right. right? You know? And, and so she had to say that to God and she had to say that to you. She had to have a person that she went, I'm willing to say this little bit, tiny, crazy thing out loud. What are the chances that at the same time, on the same day in the same restaurant, 35 miles from their office? Right. Y'all yes. would be. Yes. You know? and, and I think for those things, if it matters to us, it matters to God. Mm. I think those are just those like sticking out moments that God just goes, I have you. Yeah. And uh, and so we just, we had enough of those when we met up here. We drove back. We're like, okay, this, but they still had to choose us. They said, hey, we, we want to interview a couple more people just for uh, for due process, right? Yeah. And, oh, and, were and you it, dying? No. no here's what not. I said. Jeez, I, you're so much more said. faithful than me. I was, I, was like, I was like, interview everybody. I was like, have all the conversations. So I was yeah. like, because I really wanted them to... To know what you knew. To know what I knew and to, and to choose me. So I... And I didn't want to manipulate the process at all because I needed to know mm. that they were choosing me, right? Yeah. And uh, and so we ended up. Um, oh, crazy! Some crazy stuff happened. Um, so on Easter weekend, uh, on that Saturday, I like that you're acting like yeah. now is when the crazy right. stuff starts. Like the rest of the story is super normal for everybody. So on Easter weekend, my dad pulls our family because we have to do brunch. Like as a pastor, you have to do brunch on Saturday. Sure. You sure. Know? Yeah. And so we get everybody together. you had 94 services <laughs> right, on Sunday. We did. Yeah. And my, my dad said, hey, I want to show you a painting. And so my dad pulls this painting out and shows us a painting. He said, back in November, I had a dream three nights in a row. And my dad's an engineer. This is like my my dad an inventor, if you inventor. Will. Yeah, you know you know the bridge down in Atlanta that goes bump bump bump. Oh right? yeah, that that's the bridge that my dad uh, was the project manager for back in the eighties. Oh so my like gosh. so every time I don't know if it's good that it goes bump bump bump, but that, it may have been it may but be broken. Know. Right, that was, that was actually the bridge the Peabot Bridge that burned down. Yeah, right, yeah, one yeah. of those sections. My dad did that. My dad didn't burn it down. That no, wasn't no, no. my dad. No, my dad, my dad did that. My dad built the we bridge. Have that recorded. <laughs> so my dad's this engineer, but he had this dream three nights in a row, and he he has this dream painted from an artist friend of, of our family and he's showing it to the family and he's like let me walk you through the dream and down in the bottom corner I wish I wish I could you know put it up for you but he had the, the there were 12 stones and then there was a bridge that wasn't finished and then he uh, he said he said he and my mom walked across that bridge left the 12 stones walked across the bridge and they were walking up these stairs to this huge temple looking structure mm-hmm. he said there was a there was an arc um I like the Noah art. Yeah. And then there was a cross. And he said that I ran up to them and uh, and with tearful, you know, kind of weeping goodbye, I said, I got to go. Yeah. And I ran down to a baptismal and started baptizing people. And he said there was rain coming down over the baptismal. And uh, and he said, uh, he said, I had the same dream. He said, I've never had a dream three nights in a row. Right. I've and never the, had a dream right. three nights. Have you? <laughs> no, never. No, I never and have so, either. He, and it, this is back in November before any of this happened. Right. And uh, and I, it's a tearful goodbye. He said, I ran back down that baptismal. Well, the crazy thing, he shows us this, shows us this, uh, this painting. And the baptismal, when I look at the baptismal in the painting, it's the, it's this wooden baptismal, right? Blue inside, wooden on the outside, kind of distressed wood. And uh, and I look up online, what you know, the cross point. But it's the same baptismal oh as cross point, right? Yeah. And so so I'm like, this was back in November, November. that he had the dream. And so I'm looking at this in the moment. Well, I said, Dad, somebody's going to give you a word from this for this painting. Mm. They have so somebody's going to see it, and they're going to go, okay, this is what that means. In their small group, they lead, they lead a young married small group yeah. from the church that I'm a pastor right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at Twelve Stone. At that time, they uh, they they're leading the small group, and a girl in the small group, Dad shows the painting. He said, I got this painting. Well, a girl comes up and she says, the rain over over Kevin. That means change. Mm-mm. That means change is coming. A girl that said there so like, what in the world? Yeah. What what universe? I mean, it was right. like the universe was conspiring, right, yeah, to get right. us to Nashville. Right. And so then I, and that still wasn't enough. 
And right. so I'm still going, God, I need confirmation. I need yeah, affirmation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's Easter day before they call it yeah, Easter night a, or the day before. Right. And so, just for our friends who are listening, a baptismal is the pool that people get into when yeah. they get baptized at church. A lot of, In a lot of older churches, it's a pool that's part it's built in. Yeah. At Crosspoint, we wheel it onto the stage. It's a massive pool. They wheel it on the stage and fill it with water. Yes. And by the evening service, it's crusty. Well, Those people who get baptized at night. Well, last week after you rest. taught, there was a guy that came up to me and said, I want to get baptized. He said, yes. Uh-uh. He said, I want to get baptized. He said, can, can I be baptized next week? He said, I just moved here from Charlotte. He said, God's working in my life, doing a new thing. Can I be baptized? And uh, and so I, I was like, well, I'm kind of new here. I don't know. Yes, we can. I don't know how we get the pool out. <laughs> so I connected him with, with one of the other pastors there. And uh, and he said, uh, he said, well, can I be baptized? And th- can I be baptized in the river next week? So I'm like, Drew, <laughs> Drew was like, you might want to be bab- be careful being baptized in the Cumberland. Serious. The Cumberland is but, not the But cleanest. that was after the teacher. I didn't even get to tell you that. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, that's really that's sweet. cool. Um, okay, so the baptism. So at oh, yeah. this point, you're like. But I'm still like, God, I need more confirmation, affirmation. Like before I give the, you know. Before you give what? What? What were you? I mean, because yeah. they have to offer you the they job have to before offer, you. But tell. I already, I already knew. Yeah. I mean, they hadn't offered yet, but I already, already knew. Well, yeah. I, on the on April 20th, I get a text from a lady who I've known, who I haven't gotten a text from, had no record of text. Uh, she's kind of a friend. Um, her name's Julie. She sends me a text, and she basically says, um, she says, Kevin, um, just want, want to let you know you're on God's heart, God's mind today. Mm. Um, you will get where you want to go. I see you straddling, one foot on the sand, one foot Dude. in the water. You will either walk on water or he'll teach you how to swim. Your loss for passion for old things is not dis- disobedience. It's in preparation for the new. Oh, I mean, just gosh. random text. So I'm like, so I pick up the phone. I, uh, but you call I, her. Well, well, at first I text her. I go, that's that's an interesting word. Right? <laughs> you play it so cool. So Dude, cool. you're the worst. <laughs> How many times have I sent a text to a dude and he's like, like yeah, that sounds good. And he's yeah, freaking out. Yeah, oh, I'll never know. And so I call her. I'm like, I'm like, Julie, can you tell me a little bit more? And she just begins to just unpack that. She said she was going on a mission trip. And to get ready for the mission trip, she was fasting. Yeah. And she said, what I'm fasting from today is withholding. She said, normally when God tells me something, like that, I just pray it. Yeah. But I'm withhold I'm fasting from withholding, so I'm gonna share it. I'm like and so then she sends me, uh, it was April 20th, I know that, because she sends me uh, Romans 4.20, mm. right? Which that was the verse that you shared about plunging into the promises of God, yes. right? That you shared. Yes. Back. So like even like all these scriptures, when I say, God's speaking all, all over the place, right? right. And uh, and so that was an important process because it talks about Abraham's faith to take that step. Fully and persuaded, yeah. So then we get this, uh, we get this, we get a call from, uh, from Crosspoint and they say, hey, we, uh, we, you know, we've, we've met with these other people and, uh, and we want to. they suck. <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm like, and are, you sure? are you sure? Are you sure? Right. And, uh, and so a- after that, I mean, it's just been, it's been in, an incredible season of, uh, of transition. And God's did you say favorite. yes right away or did you wait? Um, I did wait. I yeah. said I need a week to do due diligence. Yeah. And uh, and that was more um and that was more me just finding out more about cross point questions mm-hmm. I couldn't ask. I couldn't have asked in the interview process yeah. and yeah. Uh, um and so drove I had drove up, had a couple conversations. I just I still knew, but I just needed um a little little more time. Yeah. Um, Cuz I think there's a the, an interesting thing you're teaching us is there's a real there's a real wisdom moment and even when you know be wise. Yeah. Even when you're knowing what God is saying doesn't mean you jump in with both feet. Knowing what God is saying means you walk toward that with wisdom. And, and I think also honoring 
the church that I was at For honoring sure. 12 Stone. Which you've done, I think you've done really beautifully. I think Crosspoint has done an incredible job. What yeah, happened yeah, on social so medias, me, social medias? Yeah, uh, welcome, welcome to the yeah. internet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that your first time using it? <laughs> that's right. This Wi-Fi the thing. The socials. <laughs> so, so um, but even just to see the way that, uh, that the churches have... It's like they've become friends, the churches. It's like the buildings like each other. It's really, I mean, because I, when I posted that you were coming, I, probably because I'm from Georgia, but I had so many 12 stone people. And I've said this to you, but it's been beautiful to watch the 12 stone people hold their grief and their joy at the same time. The ones that have talked to me, so I don't know about all of them, but the ones that have talked to me have been have done a really beautiful balancing job of going like, we are sad to see him go, and congratulations, and I, you know, and it's just beautiful to that they've been taught. That says a lot about y'all, your senior pastor, and y'all as pastors of the churches, the those campuses that they've been taught that joy and pain can coexist. Mm. And it was in the way that that they that they sent us out. Mm. You know, it wasn't a leaving; it was a it was a sending and. Um, so it, it took a long time. I realize it took a long time at Crosspoint. Took a long time for Rhea and I, yeah. and for our family. But it was. Uh, it's just been uh, a remarkable journey of just God's, God's goodness, and it's still happening. Yeah. I mean, we're still seeing God, God move, yeah. and uh, and and each step when we need something, He's just, He's provided. And, uh, you so, know, and yesterday when Rhea and I were getting coffee, we met a guy who goes to Crosspoint. I told you about him, and he when he said. There was a group of men praying that we would have a, know our pastor by the end of 2016. And then that's when you started to know. I went like, oh, my gosh, God's been doing it on both sides of the borderline. I, I had a girl come up to me on on Sunday after uh, after service. She came up after the last service and she said, Kevin, she said, my name's Erica. And uh, and she said um, and she was like shaking. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. OK, she's she's nervous. She said, I, I, my mom goes to 12 Stone. I used to go to 12 Stone. I've been here two years. And uh, and when we knew we needed a pastor here, we both started praying that you would come here as <gasps> pastor. No. She said, I've written you a letter and I've written Rhea a letter. And I think she was shaking because she fe- she thought, I caused all this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. Oh, this is right. <laughs> yeah. So we thought it was our prayers. It was yeah, Erica's it was Erica. prayers. Erica and her mama. <laughs> Erica, I'd like to thank Erica and her mama for yeah. working this out. So, uh, so that it's been things like that that God has just continued to. He's been so kind and continued to mm. affirm. Because this is this is big for us. I mean, yeah, because I think it's you need to. I need. I know you're really humble about this and qu- quiet about this, but you need to talk about the loss. Yeah, because y'all are giving up everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to have um, both sets of grandparents, you know, five miles from the house, um, they go over and have we, we would have family dinner ever or family lunch on Sundays at my uh, at my in-laws house. Eighteen, you know, cousins yeah. all together, and that was every single every Sunday. Sunday. My wife has a twin sister, you know, Zoe, so an identical twin, and they are together every single day. Mm-hmm. And they work out together every day, and so, and I look, I'm like, Re is the hero. I, I mean, so to leave her her twin where where they've never done life ever. apart ever. Yeah. I mean, they're forty years old and they've never done life done life apart, and uh, and so I see the sacrifices that she's making, and it and inspires me. And we know there's going to be hard days, and we know there's going to be challenges, but but I believe that that God's grace that we've seen. I don't think it has to stop. Yeah, and, and maybe I'm just an eternal optimist, but I don't I don't think it. I don't think. 
I don't think it has to stop. I think we can walk in the spirit yeah. and that that we can continue to have eyes to see what God's doing. I mean, yeah. like even even today, I'm at Smoothie King and I'm getting a getting a smoothie and getting a smoothie for the boys because I had to um, wait at the bank for a long time to set up an account. And uh, and so I was rewarding myself yeah. for, for purgatory. And so I, <laughs> I'm waiting in line. I see this girl in a car in front of us and uh, and she's just she's just weeping. And I just knew, you know, you know, like that moment, like, uh, OK, so I go up and I, I, I get out of my car. I'm in the drive Oh my gosh! And so I said, "Are you?" And, you know, I said, "Are you? Uh, are you okay?" And she said, "I'm just having a really hard morning." I said, "Can I pray with you?" And uh, and she had a cross kind of hanging from her. Uh. And so reach over, grab her hand, and we just pray. And even like that that moment, it was like, okay, that was a setup, right? Mm. God said, "I prepared good works for you in advance. Like I've got you set up. Are you going right. to take them?" And you know, uh, we prayed, and I said, "I said, hey, do you uh, do you have a church home?" She said, "Yeah." And she told me, you know, told me church Bethel. And so, so I said, yeah. "That's that's great. That's the second time I've heard of that church. You know, because I'm inviting everybody across the that's I was right. like, that's the second time I've heard that, that church. It sounds like it's a great church. Yeah. It'll be a great day. Get back to the yeah. car. And my son, Durham, you know, who's 10, he said, Dad, did, did the Spirit tell you to go? You know, go. So, he's like, so he's, cute, he's, too. They're yeah. both cute. So they're seeing, they're, they're seeing this. And I think Gosh. there's something about, I'm like, God, I don't want to stop living on mission. Yeah. Right. I right. dropped off the U-Haul trailer yesterday at, uh, at Tito's. It's, it was down in a... Uh, in an interesting part of town, but it was, I, I drop off the U-Haul trailer at Tito's uh, Seafood Market, yeah. right? and they also have a U-Haul like, right. attached to exactly you know it. Yeah. So I'm dropping it off, and, uh, and I walk in, and, and, and I'm talking with uh, talking with Tito, and I keep calling him Tito, and he said, um, my name is Ayaz, and, uh, and he said, I just came up with the name Tito, so <laughs> I thought that's brilliant, but he's telling me about his dream to have a gas station there, mm. and just, just be able to say, hey, I want to pray for you, and I'm going to pray that you have this gas, and you could just see him see him light up and I'm like God I don't want to stop yeah. like I don't want to stop uh, walking would you continue right to open up and I think they're all around us I think that's what it means the kingdom of God is at hand that God is moving at all times mm. but I think sometimes we get so locked into our little kingdoms that we miss the big picture so uh, so it's been an amazing um Three days in Nashville so far, right? <laughs> so far. You got out of your car to drive through. That's right. And Tito doesn't have his real name. Um, tell me what you know about God that you didn't know a year ago. Because, mm. you know, so many of our friends that listen, we, the beautiful thing about this podcast is a lot of people listen who think the way I think and a lot of people listen who don't think the way I think. And so I would love to know what you know about a God that is real and that we love that you didn't know a year ago. That, that prayer is the most effective force on the planet. It is the most powerful and effective force on the planet. I think before I would say that I thought that, but now I know that. Mm. Like I believe that it is the it's the most important thing that we can do. And it's not that we get God on our agenda. It's how we discover his agenda and how we get on on his agenda. And so I, I had mental assent to those things, but I know it experientially in a way that where now prayer is not a last resort. It's the first it's the first priority. You know, we're faced with a need stop. because I think just as prayer is what what God has used to get us here mm. in Nashville. Prayer is going to be what God uses to get us cross point there to where He. So yeah. then you imagine, okay, what if what if we're all doing that? What if we're all experiencing this life of prayer and following God's lead and praying for other people and seeing those same kind of breakthroughs in all of our lives? Yeah. That that's what stirs in me. Yeah. And a, a guy named Ian Bounds um, has yeah he uh, he he was from Washington, Georgia. 
Oh, come on. And uh, and Ian e. Bounds, he wrote these the exhaustive books on on prayer, and so his writing has God's used that in this season to to really help can me. Can you order them off Amazon? Yeah, yeah, you can get uh, the compilation of his. There's, I was gonna say, is there one we should order? Yeah, is there one that stands out? There's a a, a book called. Um, I believe it's called Treasury of Prayer by Leonard Ravenhill. Okay. That is a compilation of the best parts of oh, Bounds great. writings. Yeah. That's so. exactly how I want to read good. it. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> That's right. He whittles it down to <laughs> 200 pages. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You know, I am kind of, I have five things I'm kind of praying for for 40-ish days. And this morning, I, it fits with what you're saying, because this morning when I was going through it, I just felt like the Lord went like, you know, I'm on, I'm taking care of this. This is about me getting you ready for these five things. We're not changing anything. The plan's going. You're in. Like, it was very, like, the Lord was really clear of, like, I don't need you to beg me to turn these ships. They're turned. You just got to get the sails ready. I need you. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is going to be terrible. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought, oh, uh, this is going to hurt. This, uh, you just turned this into a workout. Yeah. Instead of me, you being a genie, yeah. now you're my weight instructor, my workout instructor. I don't feel, it's, I wasn't feeling that. But, it's training season. But that's yeah. it for prayer, right? It's yeah. prayer is, it is partly and a good partly, God, I need you to see this and I need us to talk about this and I need some things to change. And then the other part is, God, I need to change. Can we talk a little bit about what prayer looks like for me and what I've what I've learned in this, I want in this you season? To, yeah. So so I, I start out with 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 scripture because scripture helps me pray God's word back to him. And, and the reality with he is, reads truth or what do you do? Right. You so flip so it open and most of that, I'll go through he reads truth. Read yeah. does she reads truth. Now do he reads truth. And so it gives us it's a kind adorable. of a, a way to have a conversation right throughout the day yeah. or we, we see something that we're like, ah, oh, didn't. And so that's that's the first we didn't always do that. And we sure. don't do we don't sit across the table and do that together. I mean right. while I'm holding her hand. Real I mean life, we, right? right I'm yeah. down in the basement. She's upstairs. But then you know it gives us a, a common point. Yeah. And then uh, and the, accountability probably and accountability, the dude does, that right? I live with <laughs> Is keeping up with she reads, if he reads truth, I better keep up with she reads truth. That's right. Yeah. And and then I, I I always I pray Jesus teach me how to pray because mm-hmm. I don't I don't know right, right? I, and and so I feel like a kindergartner when it comes to prayer you know yeah. and so I'm like teach me how to pray that was a disciple that's what they asked they could ask mm-hmm. for anything but they were like mm-hmm. teach me how to pray and and he is he's teaching me he's faithful to teach me because I'll start out with kind of some gratitude so I do something called first and ten well I'll write down ten things that I'm thankful for every day it's every or day, every day, you sit every down. day. so yeah. I go back through the day before in the morning I go back through the day before and just make a list of ten sometimes I hit ten sometimes I hit seven sometimes I hit five and I'm ready to study you know yeah, yeah. but it, but it helps put me in a position of I don't I don't deserve anything, right? right? right. And, and then it, it fights. When when those good things in my life are turned back to praise, it battles against entitlement. Okay. And I have this like entitlement spirit that if I'm not diligent in fighting against it, I'll think I deserve something. Mm-hmm. So so all those things become and they, and they can be it can be man that was an incredible couple tacos at Bar Taco right, right. I mean something is it does is, not it, take much it doesn't but just going oh that 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 was a gift God, and we thank should you for always that. thank God for Bar Taco that <laughs> every, place every day is the business I love <laughs> it so give good. me a shrimp taco it's good such a happy do one. you know they have like a uh, like a little hidden menu they have a special taco that's not on the it's like a secret taco well, excuse you for yeah. being here three days and <laughs> you know more than me how'd you figure that out I just know things. Okay. Okay, but, okay. Yeah. The Lord told you. But no, no. <laughs> I think his name was um, name was John. He was one of the waiters. But um, but yeah, so you just have order, find out okay. what the secret taco is. Okay. Just help him. Thank you. So back to the secret place. Right, right. right. The, so list, list out those 10 things. And then um, and then go into just creating space for listening. And here's what I mean. In, in those moments, just going, okay, 
God, what are you, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. And, and then I try to look back over game film the day before and just going, okay, were there any moments that I'm not real proud of? Like, were there any things? Because that's that part of that search me, test me, and then letting God pull up. You know, when you were in a meeting and you kind of postured yourself or you had to, had to have the right answer or you cut that person it's off. It's like, thing. Right? That's right. right. And that's what that comes from is yeah. creating enough space to go back through game film just like a football coach mm-hmm. and going, God, help me see. So I don't repeat because I don't want to repeat those things the next day. And right. so really that's kind of that soul correct. And then uh, and then spend time and usually reading through when I'm reading through the scripture, I'll usually pick a section and kind of go through and I'll try to read a chapter in a spiritual in a spiritual book. You know, like I just finished Giglio's um, Goliath Must Fall. Is so. it good? I haven't read it yet. Yes. I yes. want to get him on the podcast. I love him and Shelly so much. So strong. I think the world. Is. OK, good. So I'll, I'll pick it up. Uh, so strong. I went back and Read comeback, so yeah, I did. Yeah, I love and comeback. So, so it's if you like comeback, you're gonna love. Yeah. Okay, so okay. it's great read. But uh, but that's you know in that time, and I consider all of that prayer. Because I think some people, they go, okay, prayer is only what I do. But I think study is prayer. I think any time that we're, we're learning to move through those things and have conversation with God, have listening conversation and also the speaking conversation, that's that's prayer. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so uh, getting out a dry erase marker and writing on the board and, uh, and then taking a sniff. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I don't but But just writing up on the board, you know, those, that's, that's prayer. That, mm-hmm. having, ha- finding out what works. Here's what I did for a lot of my Christian life is I did things. Things that didn't work, mm. and I would just keep doing them. That's that's called religion, right? Come on, you know. So so when you go, okay, what's working? What's setting my soul on fire? What's exciting me? What you know about God right now? And then do more of that. And yeah. I think if that, I think if we do more of that, like sometimes it's just putting on a worship song. And I'm looking at YouTube and I'm singing. I'm by myself. Yeah. But then sometimes that's that's not what I need. So it's spending more time in gratitude. So I think I think rather than trying to continue to do old things that just don't have life on them, trying to figure out, okay, God, what's the new thing that you want to do yeah. and that you want to stir in me? We've talked about this a lot on the podcast about coming up with something besides quiet time because quiet time doesn't work for me. But when I, my roommate and I, we live independent lives, right? We're two different women, but we'll watch the same shows sometimes and we'll cook at the same time sometimes or something will happen and I want to tell her. And I think so much of the time, I think quiet time is more like coexisting with God like that. Of You're living in the same place. And so if you're sitting at the same table, you're going to talk about what you just read or they're going to point, he's going to point something out to me that I didn't see, right? So it's just living together. It's good. Right? And I love that. And I think, for me, I have rhythms built into my day. And some things are just stupid for anybody else, right? Right. But like for me— Give people permission for that. If I have a moment like where I just sense that God like just showed up, and this is going to sound really, really crazy, but like I was walking with my boy Bolton, my youngest, and we're walking down the the road. We parked our car with the U-Haul, you know, back by, and we're walking to the house. And a guy pulls up and he says, hey, you're you're the new pastor at Crosspoint. And I said, really? He said, man, I have been praying for you. He said, I saw you. I thought that was you. And I want to come back. He said, I'm a college student. He said, and uh, yeah, he said, hey, man, I just want to know Did I'm praying for you and for your family. And I was like, that was right when we had pulled, right when we had pulled up with the U-Haul. Right when we got to town, and Bolton saw it, and Bolton too. Saw it too, and I just and that guy drove off, and I put both my hands in the air, yeah. right, and I was like, Man, "Praise God, Bolton! Like, yeah. God sees us." That's the other thing I've learned is that He sees us. Mm-hmm. That and it's not just like a disinterested gaze; like He He is so intimately involved, and He sees every moment, and He knows He knows what we need. Yeah. 
before we even ask. Yeah. And so it's, it's living with that awareness. And then it's almost like getting, like you said, get down on your knees. It's marking the moment with yeah. a posture yeah. of saying, God, <laughs> you see me, God, because yeah. <laughs> I see you. you just drove a college kid down my street. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I mean, that has been, I think you're having an extraordinary experience. I also think any of us could see God this much in our lives if we were looking. We've just been, we, you, me, your family, our friends, we've just been really intentionally looking for God to do stuff. And he's, he is showing off a little bit. It feels like to me, I'm like, I see you. Okay. Okay. That's my weird thing. That's what I always say when something happens like that. I go, okay, I see you, Lord. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Won't he do it? You know? So that, yeah, I think, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think you raise your hands for you and you raise your hands for God and you raise your hands for Bolton. Because I think you, you, what y'all are teaching your kids in this season is so extraordinary of how to, because they're sacrificing too. You know, they're giving up cousins and grandparents and aunts and uncles and church and family, and they are going to be the braver for it. Well, and I was talking with a friend, Ryan Ingram, who pastors a church called Awakening out in uh, California. And yeah. He's telling him what was going on. He said, Kevin, he said, it's so important that God's doing this for you so that you don't doubt in the darkness what you've seen Come clearly on. in the light. That's right. And I thought, that's it. And it's like what you were talking about Sunday, that when the when the fog comes and you're like, okay, what in the world? I can mm. go back and say, God, you got me into this, mm. <laughs> right? Right. You, you're going to need to get me through this. That's you're right. going to need to get me out of this. So, so I think God gives us those moments where we can go back and we can remember, we can reflect, we can hold tight to. Yeah. So I thought that was a, that was a good That's word. That's a good word. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Um, tell me, Kevin, what you think about Nashville. Mm, I love it. Yeah. I love progress. Uh-huh. And so when I see construction uh, everywhere, that for me, the progress in the natural, right? The progress in the things we can see yes. inspires me going, okay, God, you're working in, in ways that we can't see. So, okay, yes. what are you building in the kingdom yeah. that that these eyes can't see? Give me eyes to see that. So, so that progress, but then also, you know, realizing that there are a lot of people who, um, who have a lot and, mm-hmm. uh, and who are, um, who are doing really well. Yeah. And who are prospering. And we want the city to flourish. We want the city to prosper. Yeah. But at the same time, you can have a lot and be empty on the inside. Listen. And so being able to see that even though somebody has all the things, all the stuff, that there are things that they that they long for and that they want, they desire, and they just they don't know it yet, or they do know it and they're living with this this emptiness that, you know, only only Jesus can can fill. And so I love the I love this city. But he, even I was at the Grand Ole Opry last night, had a chance to be back, and I'm I'm sitting backstage. And so they have these pews. I don't even know if they're yeah. from the Ryman, right? But they have these pews that are sitting back that are facing facing this this whole crowd. Yeah. You know? And I'm looking. So you, for people who haven't been, you're on the stage. I'm, at the back of the stage, right. they have six or seven pews. They almost have like a like a choir loft. Yeah. It looks like a choir loft if you were in a church. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at those pews from the Ryman, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking, Come God, on. this is this is a this is a picture of what you've done in this in this city before. And then I'm looking out at all these people, and I'm so dimly lit, like they can't yeah, see they me, can see you, yeah. but they can see. Well, it was the Oak Ridge Boys, that's and right. The guy with the big beard, right? <laughs> they can see them up on the stage. Yeah. But I'm having this moment where I'm just going, God, um, this city where where you have so gifted, and and there's so many people who are so talented, and so many people who are dreaming, right, mm-hmm. to to be on platform. Forms and, and stage and people people have an appreciation for the arts, but then yeah. at the end of their set they sang Amazing Grace, you know. Right. And so I'm going. There is just there is a there is a spiritual hunger that's here, an appreciation that's here, and um, 
And I think people people are looking for for Jesus. Uh, everybody's looking for Jesus. They yeah. just don't know it. Yeah. Right? I heard one and said that every heart desires a king like Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, and so going, okay, God, how do we communicate this timeless message, this truth about who you are in a way that is... Um, that speaks to hearts and that uh, that awakens people to to the longings maybe they didn't even know they had. Yeah. So. I think, you know, so many people make jokes on Facebook and on social media when articles come out about Nashville is the fastest growing city and Nashville is number one this and most all these things. And they go, you don't want to move here. It's terrible. You know, like can like slow down the progress. And I hear that because I've been here nine years and the traffic is significantly different than when I moved here. But I think, I mean, the Bible says, pray for the prosperity of the city you live in. And every time I see things get bigger, I go, okay, you're showing off here. There's something you're doing here. You're drawing people here. You're cycloning something around. Churches are changing. Churches are coming, you know, churches that planted in basements are showing out with three services, right? And churches that started as tiny are taking over these big old churches and blowing up. And it's not a butts and seats kind of count, but it is a, oh, this place is exporting more than we ever have. This place is growing more than we ever have. And um, God is going to flourish here too. Flourish. I, I believe it. I'm looking at 100,000 college students right. right in this area. And so that, I tell you what Nashville has taught me about me is that I'm old. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm the old guy. Yeah. You know, well, where uh, we live, you are. You can go to Franklin, you'll be the kid. But where, the neighborhood we live in, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, that, but I had a guy tell me, one of my mentors, when I took, he said, Kevin, you're not the Timothy anymore. Mm, come on. You know, and so the whole Paul-Timothy relationship. Yeah. And I, I looked in the mirror the other day. We were moving some things out, and I was, took it outside, and the sun hit the mirror, and it came back, and I saw that I have white, white hairs in my, in my beard. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, I thought, man, he's right. Yeah. You know, I'm not, not the Timothy. I think there comes a point in time where we realize, okay, God, you're doing a new thing. Yeah. Right, and I'm I'm not the kid anymore. So part of being in the young part of town and looking around with the staff that's in their 20s yeah. and 30s and yeah. going, okay, God, you're doing a new thing, and yeah. it's a new season. I, I um I had a similar experience not long ago of going like, oh, suddenly I'm the grown up here, and I didn't know I was going to be the grown up here. And then you're like, oh, well, actually, I have everything I need to be the grown. Oh, okay, I can be. I mean, we need Jesus. I'm not saying I know everything, but but I have I've been wearing a tool belt a long time. Right. And the Lord's put a lot of tools in it. And so the pressure of being the Paul for you is really relieved when you realize the tool belt you got on, yes. you know, and that you're never alone, that the Holy Spirit's with you at all times. So what are you excited about Crosspoint? Because we have a lot of good churches in this town, so we are really lucky. But what is it for you with Crosspoint? Excited about the team. Yeah, them, right. Them, the table, them sitting at the uh, the staff. We had our first staff meeting. They had Chipotle there, so yeah, that, was, they did. that makes yeah, me excited. But uh, but even just there is such an eagerness and excitement um, reading through the Book of Haggai that mm. there's. I, I think they're they're ready. so weird of you to pick they're Haggai. Ready. Why'd you pick Haggai? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like you're like, dear I, staff, I'm here. I'm gonna I, pick a <laughs> super obscure, <laughs> tiny prophet book for you to read. It's only yeah. what three chapters? Two yeah, chapters? Yeah, it's three. But it but it, it's a book about new beginnings, mm. and it's a book about about um, God's building this, uh, this He's restoring um, the temple, and, and so it's a. And, and I love the final verse. It talks about um, Zerubbabel is a. Um, he says he is a, a signet ring, and I love the thought. Like what he's saying is that that whatever you do, whatever you say, like there's such a connection where where he's like my signet ring, which would be a symbol of authority. He's like my stamp is on that, and I'm like God. That's what I want. I want to yeah. be like that. I want to be so connected with you that. 
that would be uh, that could be said. Yeah. And, and I love this team. And so the team there's there's an excitement. And I think nine months, ten months was a long time to wait for Crosspoint. But I think what that's built in the season is a season of expectation, of yeah, of hunger, um, of desire for the for the next to see God move in an incredible incredible way. And you know, so, a beautiful thing that you didn't yeah. know has happened for you is we stopped treating our pastor like our savior. Mm. And we had been doing that. I think I had, I, I thought, I mean, I, I knew I had a connection with God, but Crosspoint was built around and now Crosspoint is built and we have a leader. It's different. And it is, it is healthier. Can, am I allowed to say that? It's my podcast. I'm allowed to say that. It does not dishonor who I love and, and the pastors that we've had in the past, but, but it, there's something about what we learned as a body that um, we learned as a body that Jesus was say our savior all along and we were never left. And we needed to know that. I think you can only know that through tragedy and you can only know that through a tearing. You can't know that through a leaving. And so we learned that through a tearing that, that when you're ripped apart from your leader, you still have a savior. And I think I was surprised. I thought, I mean, I know there's healing that needs to take place, but I don't think it's going to be a long time healing. Yeah, I think I there's either. a, I think there is a, there's a hunger. So I think that healing has moved to, to hunger and yeah. now it's like, okay, there is a very, there's a forward leaning posture. I mean, isn't that the truth church. when you're in the hospital? There's a point where it turns from my body is healing to my body is hungry. Right. 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 And that's when you're starting to get healthy. And, and I feel that with you. I feel like our body has, we haven't left the hospital, but we're hungry. You know, and I think that's I think that's really exciting. I think it's going to be fun. So for our friends who are listening that don't live in Nashville, that they go, I'm friends with Annie. I've listened to her podcast. So now I'm friends with Kevin. When Kevin comes to mind, I want to pray. What do you want them to pray? What do you want? Hmm. I would ask to pray for my kids. Yeah. And uh, pray that they um, that they see God in this as much as we have and as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so built our faith. My wife Rhea and I is so built our faith. It's built our relationship even more. And it's, but I'm like, I want them to have that same experience. And when they think of moving to Nashville, um, they don't say it's what my mom and dad did. Mm, my and parents so, moved us. Yeah. Right. So this is what, it's what God did. Mm-hmm. And then they have their own stories to share. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're not just sharing our stories. But they're sharing their. And then we need to make sure they're journaling too. When they make new friends at school. Yes. When that you know when all that stuff goes down. You know when I moved here, I did a sticky note on my laptop, and I listed every friend I made, because I knew what I had left in Atlanta was my people. And so for probably a year, I wrote down every friend I made because I knew that's what God was giving me. I knew when He asked me to leave my people and my place that he was going to fill those holes in a different way, not not replace those people, but fill the gap in me. And he did. Yeah. He did. And so so we got to make sure your kids are writing down their people when they make them. And they will. Yeah. Your kids are so fun. I was like dying to stay yesterday when I interrupted lunch. I was like, wait, no, but I want to be friends with them. They are hilarious. Oh, they are. I mean, and then the girls get here. So y'all get back here in a couple of weeks yeah. for good. Yeah, we'll be back here the 30th. Will you be at church uh, that Sunday? Yep, that's it won't Sunday. be a surprise. Yep. Jason Miller so and Jay. you. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so be here. I mean, you know, another thing that we, you and I have talked about is this is more than we could have dreamed up. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you if you'd have told us when we were when we were I was a college freshman and hanging out with your little sister who was my neighbor in the apartments our next the next year, you know, like 
we'd be doing this in 20 years in Nashville? How much bigger is our God as a dreamer than I ever thought? He does. And, and you know, I, uh, what I love about about the story and what I love about um, what it says, I think, is that is that faithfulness, it, it leads to fruitfulness, mm. like with what God wants. What do you, okay, I can trust you with that. See, we, we talk about trusting God, but yes, yes, absolutely, that's first. But then it's saying, okay, God, I can... I can trust you, but then God's saying, Annie, I can trust you. Yeah. And Annie, I can I trust so. you with more, right? And I can trust you. It's that it's that relationship. And yes, we have those moments where we fumble. And yes, we have those moments where, but we get up, right? And right. then we continue pursuing. And say, God, and God says, okay, I'll trust you. I'll trust you yeah. with more, and I'll trust you with more. And I just want to continue to to trust Him and continue to be faithful with what He gives. So He says, okay, I can I can trust you with more. And that's what I've seen from your story. And and then for us to be here, I think is a is a culmination. Not that there's anything good in us apart from Christ, right? Right. Listen. I mean, you know, but but we know what monsters we are, right? But <laughs> right. but we're saying, God, I'm going to trust you, uh-huh. and God, please give me the grace. To live in a way where you can, where I'll be faithful and you can trust me yeah. more and more. Yeah. I just keep saying, Lord, why did you make me go nine years before Kevin? <laughs> right. How, why did I have to plow the ground? No, I'm just kidding. I've not been plowing the ground. But I, yeah. I, I have joked with so many people that you're not Jesus, but I've totally felt like John the Baptist. <laughs> but like, you guys, he's coming. Uh, I know him. He's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not John the Baptist. I still got my head so far. So I'm not. And yeah, I'm not. Listen, you know me. I'm not living out in the desert. I'm not eating locusts. No, I, I don't even camp. So don't worry. Uh, um, well, I cannot put words around how thrilled I am you're here. I know you know it, but I think for our city, for my life, I mean, I, selfishly, I cannot believe my pastor is someone that I've trusted since I was 18 years mm-hmm. old. And then to know that we, sh- that Tom Tanner, oh, right, and right. the impact and the, and so I would, I would say, I would say this, that, that what we experienced God do at the University of Georgia, Wesley Foundation, um, and, and seeing God move in a way that was bigger than what we can imagine there. Right. You know, I think that being in our veins here. Yes. Um, and, and so I think being able to believe God for more. Right. And uh, and and to be able to, I don't want it to be said in my life, Kevin. You you dreamed too small and you prayed too small. Mm, right. And uh, it's okay, God. Yeah. And I think that goes back to to. The primary influences in both of our lives, yeah. Tom. Yeah, I uh, Tyler last week on the podcast talked about Melissa's dream, hmm. and that has just kept for some reason that just keeps coming up in conversation. Probably because you moving here and your buddy David Walters coming with you last week to church, but just going like, man, there are people on this planet who are more influential than this planet will ever know, and it will not be until we get to heaven and God goes, hey, everybody, come look at this. This is everybody. Tom and Melissa Tanner impacted. And we'll just be a sea of people. And you and I will be holding the doors for the people who've been living in countries without air conditioning. I'll be cutting the grass. I will be out there cutting the grass. You and me both. I'm like, I love my job and I'm grateful to serve the Lord. It isn't hard compared to what some of our friends are doing. No. This is not hard. No. I will I will hold their doors and make them sandwiches. And yes. we have we have friends and contemporaries that are doing incredibly sacrificial things for the gospel. Mm-hmm. But you are too, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have. You and Re have done an incredibly sacrificial thing for the gospel. And... Our city just ain't even ready. You know, I hope that was uh, an encouragement for you. You know, God really knew what he was doing when he, um, 
when he prompted Annie to uh, to, to reach out to me to, to capture um, that story um, when it was fresh. And we had that conversation that six years ago. And I'm grateful for the way that we saw God's um, God's hand and just the, the clarity of his of his calling. And as I think about how God was so faithful through the process, um, I hope you see that God's intentionality and his faithfulness for you. And he's called us all to be a part of something bigger than us. Um, I truly believe that God wants to bring renewal to the church and that he bring revival to the city and awakening across Middle Tennessee. And, uh, and that there would be this nameless, faceless move of God where we would be so, uh, so focused on Jesus and so about helping other people encounter the life of Christ. And with that, it's all of us bringing our little stories and offering up our little stories to his bigger story, our lives for his glory, that we would know him more and that we would give our lives to help other people know him as well. And so I'm going to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you um, and that you would see God's faithfulness in your life. We continue to see it in our church. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for um, my brothers and sisters, for my friends who took time to, to listen to this story. I pray that their faith would be bolstered, that we would see that, uh, that Jesus, you are Lord over the church and the church belongs to you. And you've been faithful in our past and you will be faithful in the future. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your promises we can hold on to. So as we let go, of what you ask us to let go of. Would we cling and hold to your promises and to your truth? And as we offer up our lives, God, will you use each one of us in a way that helps other people know you, that helps other people see you, that helps other people encounter your healing and your hope. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this special bonus episode of our of our podcast. And if if you'd like to know more about like future podcasts that'll be coming up, we're going to be releasing a series in in September. Um, you can get those updates. You can go to crosspoint.tv/podcast. And if you have any questions about um, about this this episode or or anything else that's podcast related, you can just you can email us at podcasts at crosspoint.tv. I'm, and I'm praying that you'd have a Have a week where God shows up for you in unexpected and ways where he gets all the credit and all the glory in the midst of your uncertainties that you'd have faith and know that with Jesus, anything's possible. 